0: every time
1: a proud member of the gun geek network the opinions expressed are those of each
2: individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one
0: all this week's episode we turn a hundred as we remember 100 episodes by thanking all those who've been a part of our show and also talk a mission impossible and also what we think of the Star Wars Episode Nine cast. All this and more as we once again delve into The Pop Culture Cosmos.
3: Welcome to The Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: And we are here. It's 100 episodes of The Pop Culture Cosmos. Pop culture cosmos. This, this is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture, pop culture Cosmos and GameSource. Source. We truly thank you for listening to our shows not only this show but to any of our shows that you've listened to before we cannot thank you enough for doing so again it is our 100th episode we are so excited in fact we were so pumped up and jazzed for doing this episode you know what i just drove 300 miles from las vegas to beautiful orange county and who do i have here with me today is my good friend he is the man the myth the legend behind you gotta check out everything that's going on with Humanity Media at HumanicaMedia.com Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, and so much more. It's my good friend, but he's here with a special guest as well. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, man?
3: What up? We're here recording this in person.
0: Dude, fighting all the traffic down here was awful. Awful. awful.
3: I know, but you... I am
0: glad I made it. I'm glad I made
3: it. Gerald flew in from Nevada and by fly mean drove.
0: Yeah, drove through forest fires, uh, some dude rear-ended another dude, and his, and his front end caught on fire. That was awesome, and the line even larger, but hey, I'm here now, and happy to be part of episode 100 for the Pop Culture Cosmos.
3: You made it. Welcome, welcome. We're also joined here by Big Dog, Jay Lenahan. What up, what up? What's up, what's up? Do they actually ever
0: go on, this, on your shows and go on topic Topicocalypse and go, <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, actually he they does. do. Uh, okay, the, okay. And Daniel. So they all yeah. do
0: actually <laughs> all right. well, it's great to have everyone here listening to the show, and also great to have you, Justin, and also as well Josh. It's so awesome to be here it's It's been a hundred episodes, man. How's it feel? How's it feel, brother?
3: uh, like the time went by really quick.
0: Exactly. I remember the first episodes that you were doing with me as far as on the tail end of the latter episodes of the GameSource podcast and just started to bleed over as far as pop culture, what we were talking about. Not to say that we don't love talking about games. In fact, so much so that we started again the GameSource podcast, but we just need to talk about more things that were going on in the world, movies, television, and so much more because we felt we know more about life and pop culture in general than just video games. So we decided to go ahead and be decentralized on that. We talked to Rob McCallum from Rob McCallum Films. I sat down with him. He came up with the name, and together we were able to, to create this along with a lot of great partners, Retro City Games, Wine, Women & Words, Humanic Media, Rob McCallum Films, Mario Party Wars. I'll tell you what, it's been a great list, but I will run that down later because we've got a great episode for us today. We've got, in fact, Salvador via from Mario Party Wars. You and I are going to chat a little bit about episode 100 later in the show. Plus, Rob McCallum and I, in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire, we had a chat as well about episode 100 and a couple other things when it comes to pop culture. So that's coming up a little bit later on. But Josh, there's a lot to talk about here on today's program as well. So what, what you got for me, man? What you got for me?
3: We, I know we were going to talk about two things. One of the things I want to talk about is the... Sorry, I was entranced by your intro here. Just and the
0: thing is, when he in live and in person, he is entranced by it. But when it comes to us being 300 miles away from each other, you know what? He's like busy doing something. He's checking something out. He's playing a video game. He's doing something else, and I can see it actually. His mind is wandering off.
3: It's true. It's true. The
0: wonders of the mute button. That's all I'll say. That's
3: all I'll say. <laughs> but but uh,
0: Justin, man, so great to have you here. Big dog. How's it feel to be, well, actually hanging out with us for so long, doing all this podcasting stuff, and now uh, not only on episode 100 for us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, but to your great show, Topicocalypse, as well.
1: Oh, it's been real fun. Just, uh, just hanging out and talking, really. Anything that's relevant, anything that's not relevant, really, just whatever anybody wants to talk about. But uh, it's cool just to get everybody's opinion on certain topics.
0: Absolutely. We've got a lot of opinions. Uh, I know you and I have on this show over the course of uh, almost two years, my friend. It's been a good two years. Yes, yes. So cheers. Cheers for everybody on episode 100. Again, thank you so much for being a part of it. Mission Impossible 6 is hitting theaters, my friend, this weekend. It's done big numbers already for the series. In fact, it's closing in on over $60 million this weekend at the box office. Josh, your thoughts on the Mission Impossible series. I know you've had a chance to see quite a few of the Mission Impossible movies from what I was told as well. So I want to hear your guys' thoughts, both of you, on the Mission Impossible series and what you think Mission Impossible 6 is going to do to really make this something special.
1: I like that uh, they're kind of going uh, with the direction of what happens when Hunt doesn't like to take orders anymore and when he decides to do his own thing. I think as a whole, the franchise has evolved pretty well over the years. It's. In the, I remember watching the first one, and even the second one. I go back and watch them now, and the, you know the stunts were kind of really bad, but uh, and a lot of the stuff was uh, kind of corny. Like I remember in the first one where you know you have the stick of gum and you fold it in half, and it ex- like it's a big explosion and and all that stuff. Uh, but they you know they still do over the top stuff in the new ones. It's just it's just better looking special effects. Uh, I think as a whole, I like the cast development. How they brought in, you know, real quick.
3: Do you know Daniel would probably be laughing right now if he heard you saying as a whole?
1: As a whole, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like the additions, of, like the, the constant additions of like Ving Rheims been there since the beginning. Uh, you know, they brought in Simon Pegg, Jeremy Reiner. I think Alec Baldwin's been in the last couple.
0: There's no one that's been in there the whole thing except for Tom Cruise. Ving Rhames actually missed one himself. So, what, yeah. Which one was he, Oh,
1: he missed the third one, didn't he?
0: Yeah. That's the one with J.J. Abrams. MI3, MI3, because Ghost Protocol came next, Rogue Nation, and then obviously the one we have here today is Fallout.
1: That was, I think, the lowest point of the franchise.
0: Well, as far as money-wise, you're correct on that. Even though Rob McCallum from Rob McCallum Films, he absolutely adores it, and him and I actually started to go in a little bit of a fight both on and off camera on that, as we always do in the Cosmic Crossfire. And at some point in time, he and I are probably going to debate the heck out of it. I know as far as my opinion, MI3 is, I agree with you, uh, one of the lower points in the series. Yeah, I guess because it didn't follow the 100%, the tried and true formula that makes Mission Impossible so special. Now, we're still talking about a, a movie that garnered $400 million, at the box office. So obviously, they felt the need to go ahead and still keep the series going. And it's done very well in doing so. But there's been some corny times too, and you were talking about some of the CGI. Mission Impossible
3: Two, for sure. All the
1: motorcycle scenes and stuff. Oh, uh, I'll
0: tell you what, that movie, I love John Wolf.
3: Now that I movie. know why you want to hate me. Olympus, yes. yeah, Olympus. That, uh, that movie, uh, yeah. I
0: was listening to that actually the other day. I have that song on my phone, so it's really just it's awesome. Limp it's Limp classic Fred Durst, yes. man. Yeah.
1: Yes. The one thing I did like about the third one was uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, the bad guy.
0: That's funny because he, does, he said that's why he loves it so much is because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well I thought he was okay in it. I just thought a lot of things you could see coming a mile away. and unfortunately, it just you don't get the type of thrills and action that feeling that sense of, of really just danger and, and excitement that you get from the other five editions, in my opinion. Although if you want to look for a darker narrative, a deeper narrative, Especially if you're going into the world of Ethan Hunt, because he, you know, he he gets married and and into his world, then MI3 may be the one for you. But I can see for the fans that just like the tried and true formula of the the backstabbing, the betrayals, the the dangerous stunts, the okay, I got to finish whatever task or set out, you know, defuse whatever bomb before with one second left and all that. You, know, you you've seen that a number of times already in the series. That stuff we'd like to see because we want to see what Tom Cruise is going to do next. So I hear you on that. I hear you on do, that. Do
1: you ever notice that he's always climbing something monumental in all of the movies?
0: Uh, yes, he's either doing that or he's running a lot. And and Rob was actually kidding me with me on that because I noted the fact that you cannot have a Mission Impossible movie without him running. Sprinting. And running. Sprinting. Sprinting a lot. Yeah. Uh, even in his mid-50s, my gosh, man, the guy is still running hard somewhere, yeah. <laughs> someplace. He's, he's breaking bones, man. Exactly. Yeah, he did on this pre on this. Actually, uh, in Fallout, he did that on, on his big jump. One of his big jobs. What, jumps. what yes. were they after in Mission Impossible Three? Mission Impossible Three actually was the Rabbit's Foot. Okay, but it, it was the bigger story. Was actually more about him and obviously his wife, his wife that yeah. got kidnapped. And I think they were in Singapore Uh because I just right. Watched the well, other she's, day well, she's she's again been, as well. She's
3: back now. I thought in the yes, yes. she is
0: back. in either it's in a dream sequence or what. But we have not seen the film as of yet but we plan to here in the not too distant future and, and share our thoughts in an upcoming episode like i said it's just come out the theaters right now but your thoughts on that yeah michelle mohanham uh i think is-
3: so i love the third one because i the idea of the rabbit's foot is it's cool to me because they never say exactly what it is they never say what it is and it's kind of to me it seems like you know they're they're not trying to be metaphorical, but they are being metaphorical. Like, because we're always after something in life, and we don't know what it is most of the time. So it's a it's a it's a cool concept. In fact, he asked Tom
0: Cruise. He asked Lawrence Fishburne at the end of the movie, "What is the rabbit's foot?" And he purposely avoided that answer yeah. uh, as far as giving it out. You barely see. I think the rabbit's foot at the end when the the bad dude. Uh, one of the guys that worked with him in the IMF, his handler, that betrayed him—shock of all shocks—there yeah. got shot and killed by Michelle Moynihan, and it actually fell out of the briefcase. That's the only time you actually got to see what the rabbit's foot really was, but you didn't—you didn't know what exactly what it could do.
3: Yeah, and that's what was—that's that—that's uh, cool to me. That like that's a clever thing because in the other ones, there's always something specific that they're after, but in this one, they don't know what they're after. They don't know what it does. They just know that they don't want other people to have it but mi2
0: mi2 is just fun okay you (laughs) could think it is outlandish it's very stylistic i love john woo i'm a huge fan of his films love when when him and and chow yun fad got together for the movies hard-boiled cannot recommend that movie enough if you've ever seen it that is just a very stylistic movie this was very stylistic it's a lot of fun but yes, it's way over the top. The villain in that movie, he was almost like he was twirling a mustache. He was like, hey, 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 I'm going to get you, Ethan. <laughs> you you, know, I that love that deal. they
3: did the typical like mobster trope in that movie where they have the guy put his finger into the uh, cigar cutter. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and
0: yeah, just right here. And oh, you knew it was going to I mean, I wouldn't put my finger in there. I know where that was leading.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like those, You're
0: still loyal to the dude. Bro. Chop my finger off. I'm sorry. I love you, bro. I, in fact, I've enjoyed doing 100 episodes with you, but if you chop my finger off, we may not have a next week's episode. Well, you
3: I wouldn't be able to send me the invites for the, uh, the next one, so there I would go. be in trouble. just a pinky. Just a pinky. I like my pinky, man. Do you guys ever just look at toes? No. no. And how they look like deformed little fingers?
1: <laughs> I don't have that much time.
3: I don't know. I just like sometimes when I'm doing the episodes with Gerald, I just look down at my feet. (laughs) Exactly. When I'm I'm doing one of my diatribes. You mean your bottom hands? My bottom. Yeah, right.
0: There you go. There you go. That shows you the interest level with Josh when we're doing our shows over the uh, YouTube. Because getting back to uh, Mission Impossible, if it does as well as expected, it looks like it's going to be garnering, like I said, about 60 to 70 million dollars at the box office. And actually, Thursday previews really started off well. Worldwide, I could probably see, what, $150, 180000000 million in the first 7 to 10 days of release. It looks like it could do very well, maybe even the best of the films. Where do you think the series can go from here? Because, you know, we see other action stars like Liam Neeson and Harrison Ford. They're in their 60s and 70s doing this as far as action films are concerned. And they love the paycheck, and obviously they get the rush from still doing it. How far do you think this, is go- this will go? Do you think this will be played out or get tiresome? Uh, I still think there are places they can go with it. They just got to be careful not treading too much on, on the same things because they are, they are doing that with this film because they're using the same bad guy. The bad guy is the same from the previous film. Oh, I don't
3: remember the bad guy. They're estimating 65 million. And that's part
0: of the problem right there. Yeah. The one with the little small voice and these oh. yeah, Ethan, Ethan Hunt. They had glasses on.
1: Yeah. Oh, he was the guy that was talking in the trailer, yeah? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes.
0: He, he was wearing a beard this time because yes. he's been in prison all this time. Yes. Ethan, I'm going to get you.
1: What did you what do you think? How much do you think uh Henry Cavill and his fabulous mustache are gonna bring in?
0: Well it's a shame that he's, you know, it seems like he's there to eliminate Tom well, Cruise.
1: But at parts, it, show, it he's there. But from what I understood is that he's there in case Ethan doesn't follow orders. So he's there to help as long as he's doing what he's told.
0: But at the end of the trailer, you see him going the mono helicopter, a helicopter, shooting, shooting the helicopter. But, earlier, but
1: earlier, you see him fighting with Tom Cruise in the bathroom against another guy. Yeah. And... Uh, it's cool he's like a weird like anti-hero slash bad guy
0: yeah but at some point he turns on him for whatever reason because maybe he just didn't get his job done it's a shame Jeremy Renner is not in this he's not in a lot of major films lately that he should be in right now when it comes to Avengers Infinity War and now this as oh, well no. he's not in this one either but, yeah, he could not make it, I guess, due to Are, scheduling uh, reasons.
1: Or, no, no, no. He's, oh, I'm sorry. He's not in, he was in uh, he was in. Rogue, Pro- Nation Rogue Nation and,
0: and Ghost Protocol. Yes. Okay. All right. yes. All right. All right. But yeah, he wasn't in this one. Uh, I don't think they killed off his character. He may come back at some point. He's just but where him. do you think the series needs to go?
1: I think you have to eventually replace Tom Cruise, or at least uh, bring in a new character, what do you think? If you want to continue the franchise into the foreseeable future.
0: I think he can go one more but then again we see oh, no, I no, no. with- I think
1: I think he's got at least a couple more in him if he wants to but I'm just saying if for the overall goal of the franchise you have to bring in something new that it's believable like he could be the he could run the uh, the IMF or whatever
0: I think that's a bigger problem that's facing a lot of studios when it comes to not only Mission Impossible but also Fast and Furious and then maybe Jurassic World eventually Whoa. as well. If Chris Pratt wants to decide he's he no longer wants it. Yes, the the stars are getting older in Fast and Furious. How long are they going to be acceptable stars that are that we want to see time and time again? Same thing goes with Mission Impossible. He is approaching sixty. Are we going to be able to embrace Tom Cruise in the role of Ethan Hunt continuously? Like you said, I mean, he may have one, maybe two more, but after that, does it get a little bit more like Sliced Alone, where he's just doing Expendables? And after after one or two times, that charm has written; just it, it's
3: just worn off. I wonder too, like if they're trying to make this into like a James Bond franchise, and so maybe they could replace still have Ethan Hunt be the main character but replace him
1: but that's only ever really worked for Bond they tried it with Jack Ryan and it did not work out very well
3: so i i guess then in, in order to keep it interesting they would have to give him some kind of and they can't do the thing where like i've been out of the game for a while no, no, I think they
1: should do a new character that comes along to kind of take up the mantle
3: yeah i think it needs it needs not grounding but it needs like a foundation though Instead of like, because how many times is, you know, their little agency going to get dissolved and how many times is Ethan Hunt going to be a fugitive and how many times is this going to happen? Like they need to have a foundation.
1: Well, remember he says it in the trailer, Henry Cavill says it. he goes, how many times has uh, Hunt's government disavowed him? To how much How much is he going to take until he said enough? Right. And, uh, which it seems to be what happens in this movie is kind of like the, it could be the final one because it seems kind of, from the trailer, it seemed kind of like, like, like finite, like... Yeah, he's had enough.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, I'm sure they can figure their way out of it if I'm I mean, sure they have yeah. yeah. enough money. Yeah, money, like money, money, money.
3: It's all about that money.
0: But it's uh, definitely a great time to actually get into the Mission Possible series, not only because Fallout is out in theaters, but to you know, if you haven't seen the series, share us your opinions. We'd love to see your opinions and your thoughts on the Mission Possible series check it out on video blu-ray streaming however you can get it a lot of them are right now on fx so that means fx now if you're you know for free for here you know people in in the us but wherever you get your streaming your video your blu-ray your dvds check it out and if you have already share us your thoughts Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos Humanity media and game source and let us know if you like the series which one's your favorite do you agree with us? Disagree with us? What about Ghost Protocol? What about Rogue Nation? I really like Ghost Protocol. I actually think, to me, that is the number one choice for the Mission Impossible series. I know Josh thinks otherwise. You're, I think you're leaning on
1: MI3.
3: Yeah, I like MI3, and then I do like MI2. It's just because it's endearing.
1: I feel like yeah. I have to go watch it now.
3: Uh, well, which, yeah. one, which one do you like
0: the
1: best? The best? I liked... Um... I think it was Ghost Protocol where they brought in all the new characters and stuff. I thought that was a really refreshing like, idea. And it worked out really well. The, the chemistry and the cast worked really well. Uh, but you know what they are all missing that the first one had? Emilio Estevez. Oh, my gosh.
0: Emilio. Emilio, <laughs> indeed. Emilio, uh, unfortunately, met an untimely end. Spoilers for a 1996 movie. But yes, uh, the series itself has been awesome. And it's just great fun to... Watch the movies. A lot of enjoyment out of it. Just watching Tom Cruise do his crazy things, and I, I hope that there will be more iterations in the series. But at some point, like you said, it's going to have to be a changeover to another established star. Hopefully, uh, not ones that that we're going to go, ah. Oh. But hopefully, ones that we're going but to actually be embraced and and not have the internet go wild over.
1: One, one I would, thing you have to respect about Tom Cruise is yeah, you may think he's crazy, but he tries and does most of his own stunts. That's why he got hurt, but he enjoys it. He likes to do the da- dangerous stuff, and it makes it that much more authentic when it's the re- re- exact the actual person doing the stunts, the character.
3: If they don't get Tom Hiddleston to replace Bond, I would love to see him in the Mission Impossible role.
1: There
0: you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But isn't the IMF and a U.S. agency? But then again, you know that that's. That's never
3: stopped. Yeah, Hollywood. He played what's his he, name? He the played, uh, the country singer. Uh, ta- no. Hank Williams. Yeah, like Williams. I said, that's, that's, Hank that's, Williams. Never <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's never stopped Hollywood. <laughs>
1: no, and a lot of like um like another person, Mel
0: Gibson, Heath Ledger in The Patriot. Oh, that's there true. You yeah. Need yeah. I say yeah, more?
1: Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this earlier about uh, potentially Ben Affleck leaving Batman and who would be a good replacement. Everybody says Jake Gyllenhaal, but what I was thinking the other day, I was thinking about it, would be um Michael Fassbender. That
0: would be pretty solid because he's pretty low key. I think he fits that role well. I still, and I've talked to, as well with Rob from Rob McCallum Films, Rob McCallum. I told him when we were talking about how I like the interaction. And I've told you this before, within the Justice League itself, the plots are horrible. The actual movies themselves don't develop the way they want to. But the reason why I still enjoy watching them is the interaction. And one of those is Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot's character, especially when he's Bruce Wayne. And those moments in time when they are are talking to each other and trying to connect and you see not just out of a love or anything like that, but just like a relationship that they can build upon. I really think they should keep the bat fleck. Yeah. And I really think they should, that they should continue to do that. If they want to go ahead with the Joker prequels and anything else that they want to make a younger Batman, that's fine. But on this Aquaman, Wonder Woman time frame you know superman time frame that they're doing right now with man of steel and all that they need especially they're going to bring back another justice league 2 which i hope they do Mm -hmm. then
3: they need to keep ben affleck i really
1: don't think it's it's they want to get rid of him he is uncertain about the character
3: i don't mind watching him as batman but he is the one that's being flaky about it yeah 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 yeah, i i agree with christian
1: Christian Bale, bale He enjoyed, he enjoyed playing, playing Batman,
0: but he just didn't want to do five or six more. Yeah. I think that was the issue. So,
1: well, I understand that when you, you know, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into one character.
0: And and he hasn't, but he hasn't really branched out into doing anything really, really
3: substantial since then. Right. He's done quite a bit. I can see but where he
1: can afford to be picky. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's got all that Batman money.
3: Yeah, I mean, he comes from a history of like he went from doing Kevin Smith movies to who. Ben Affleck, yeah, 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 to doing like stuff that was winning awards and stuff. When he
1: directs, like if he, like I'm, I'm really upset that he didn't. He stopped directing the Batman movie, the standalone.
3: That was Matt Reeves doing it, right?
1: I think he's doing it now. He
0: should have. You're right, because he should have written it and directed. Well, he was.
1: He was originally, but I guess it it was just taking too much out of him or time. He didn't have the time to do everything because he's such a good director with uh the town one of my favorite movies that's what rob had said and then uh, argo was so good i would just think that it would just be like super gritty and just like right a batman movie should be yeah
3: yeah not all
1: jumped up on you know trying to be funny and fun and
0: plus at this point if they want to continue that timeline with a new person in the place as batman it kind of messes things up for the viewer
4: you're listening to the pop culture cosmos
0: Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelyq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Pop Culture Cosmos listeners, act now and get 15% off your order just by entering the promo code POD1, that's P-O-D and the number one at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. And we're back, this is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. My good friend is here. He is one of the crazy kids behind Mario Party Wars. You gotta check it out today. Mario Party Wars on Facebook, Mario Party Wars on Twitter. And of course, they do a lot of streaming out on Twitch at Mario Party Wars. Plus also there's first person shooter nights with Bad Luck Yelthin and they also have their tournaments up there as well. Our expert when it comes to board gaming. My good friend salvador villa what's going on my friend
2: uh, it's a pleasure to be here jill thank you for having me i'm doing good by the way
0: this part of our conversation is going to be aired for the episode 100 of the pop culture cosmos show and yeah. well thank you so much i tell you what it's been a long time coming we've done a lot of great things i i just want to say from the heart man from everything that Mario Party Wars has done to help us promote the the pop culture cosmos. I cannot thank you and the staff of Mario Party Wars for everything you've done. You guys have been great, tremendous. You've lent your name to everything that we've done as far as from a positive standpoint in each and every week. You you see on our different stations that we're on and also on our different podcast networks that we're on, some of the descriptions right there from the great people at Mario Party Wars, Rob McCallum Films and whatnot. You've been right there with us from the beginning and I just cannot thank you enough for not only all the advice that you've given over the period of time with the episodes that you've appeared on in regards to your recommendations on the board gaming scene, but also everything as well that you and your team have contributed to us with Pop Culture Cosmos from Mario Party Wars. And I just cannot thank you enough, my friend.
2: The same for you, Gerald. Uh, Congrats on 100 episodes of Pop Culture Cosmos, That's, that's a big milestone we honestly appreciate that you guys have given us the same in return helping promote what we're all about allowing us to get involved with what you guys do talking about board games or even other pop culture related stuff from time to time not to mention at least for us i mean we just hit five years of mario party wars and that was probably our biggest accomplishment so far just to have gone from the beginning up to five years at this point with so many more opportunities for ourselves to uh, to come out for. And it's thanks to you and many of our other amazing supporters that I mean, that keeps this happening. And yeah, you guys are just have been such a great impact for us as well. So thank you for that.
0: It's greatly appreciated my friend. Five years, it should be congratulated upon because I'll tell you what, as someone who was running Game Source for a while and has just recently brought it back, that was for several years. I know what a challenge could be to bring something off the ground from so small into something much larger. And we're doing it now with Pop Culture Cosmos, although we're only up to two years, my friend. We're we're still not up to you yet. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I started Pop Culture Cosmos two years ago, I actually had uh, red hair and uh, I didn't have any gray around. But look at me now, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an old man after 100 episodes. <laughs> but I will say this. It's great having you guys a part of everything we do here at Pop Culture Cosmos. The PCC Multiverse and everything that you do for our shows and and hopefully that we can not only continue it throughout the the entirety of of our program but as we garner new radio stations for our syndicated networks uh, i just want to make sure everybody out there continues to know about and continues to hear the good word of your great organization Mario Party Wars so, you what sal just want to wish you and the team continued success with mario party wars and again out there if everybody wants to know the latest and greatest going on with mario party uh, mario party tournaments and just see some great things going on and interact with some people are just having a great time check it out today mario party wars on all the major social media outlets facebook twitter and twitch as well it's been great sal as always my friend and continued success to you and you know I'm gonna be hitting you up soon when I need more board gaming advice because you know, after I get your autograph, of course.
2: <laughs> no, and no, I'll be ready for that. I don't, I've got plenty more uh, lined up for you guys.
0: It's just always great to have you aboard here talking all the wonderful things about tabletop gaming.
2: Great. same for you, Gerald. Thank you so much for your time, for the opportunities, and just all the support you've given us.
0: No worries, my friend. As always, it's great having you a part of the pop culture cosmos. Based on the webcomic by Sarumaru, FX-Unit Yuki is now available on the PC Engine and TurboGrafx systems. With eight varying stages of hardcore 2D action, an awesome soundtrack, and intense boss battles, FX-Unit Yuki gets the adrenaline pumping as you navigate through its multiple difficulties and endings. Check out Old School Retro at its finest today by ordering a CD-ROM copy of FX Unit Yuki for the PC engine or turbo graphics today at fxunityuki.com. That's fx dot com. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald from Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanking you so much for being part of our 100th episode. Not only the fact that Mission Impossible scored big at the box office, garnering over $60 million this weekend alone at the domestic box office, but the cast was announced for Star Wars Episode Nine. This is actually the film that's now being directed by J.J. Abrams Closing out the trilogy of the, the, these polarizing films would probably be the best way to say it. I'm films
3: quick. that... It, I need to stop quick.
0: <laughs> All right. There you go. Exactly. Okay, well, these films, I should say, the latest installments of the Star Wars series. How about that? Let's go with that. So the cast has been announced, and I guess it's not too much of a surprise. There has been some names that were announced that we already knew about that we, that we thought might be in there including Billy D. Williams playing Lando Calrissian. That's something that's been, uh, I guess, heavily rumored two or three weeks ago that was pretty much confirmed. But there were some interesting names. Obviously, Mark Hamill coming back as a type of forced ghost type deal. But the one name that stuck out as far as what they're talking about, who returning to the actual episode nine, is the late Carrie Fisher. And You know, we had talked about before about the ways that Carrie Fisher was going to be utilized, if at all, in Episode 9. I had some thoughts about it. I know you have, too, in regards to her being represented from this point forward. I thought they had an out for her in Episode 8 and a way to have her go out in a proper format that would fit well with what they were trying to do in the script, but they chose not to. But it looks like at this point in time, episode nine will have actual footage from episode seven that was not utilized and bringing her into the fold as far as episode nine is concerned. Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Adam Driver, Lupita Nyong'o, Dom Hulk leason everybody who's been in there before, Kelly Marie Tran, they've all been there before. What stuck out with you as far as the cast is concerned? And, and do you think that a return of this type of fashion for Carrie Fisher is the best way to utilize her character as far as a nice, graceful, and respectful way for Princess Leia in episode nine.
3: I'm going to start off by saying, I, I told you this before the show, but like I honestly, it is, it's hard for me to say this, but I really just don't care about Star Wars anymore. the The fan base has become so toxic. The movies just aren't that good. It's going to take a lot to get me back into the franchise and the thing with princess leia i i'm worried about continuity with this like if it's scenes that were already shot in the uh episode seven you said
0: yes that's correct episode seven i'm assuming they're like outtakes deleted scenes or or maybe just practice drive throughs, run-throughs or some other material that was not seen in episode seven
3: Yeah. So that has me worried. Like, is it because I guess my question would be, is it going to be like flashbacks or they're going to try to make it, you know, live as they're talking or because this this could be I mean, it could be good. It could be bad, but it also seems sort of desperate to me because I know they need to close her arc out and I hope they do it respectfully. But, you know, with Princess Leia or Carrie Fisher and then Billy D allegedly coming, Billy D Williams allegedly coming back, Mark Hamill. It seems like they're desperate to regain the fan base. It seems like anyone that might have dropped off the franchise after the last one, they're trying to get them all back. And, you know, I'm going to go see it because I'm already committed. But I'd, at the same time, like, is this going to be is the story going to feel too crowded with all these people in there? And especially with Princess Leia using old footage of her, is it going to make sense? Are all these characters coming back going to make sense?
0: And that's something I have concerns about as well with all that old footage trying to be, for lack of a better term, it's being stitched in there. And that's something that I have an issue with in regards to continuity. Like you said, it comes down to it. Is it going to be a seamless transition that sounds and looks and appears by all instances like if she was actually there for the shooting of episode nine? That's something that I am very concerned about, as far as when I watch. And I, I know, and since we all know what's it's going to happen, as far as we're all going to be looking forward to taking a look, and, and and the eye and the focus will be on her. Is this going to make sense within the whole plot of Star Wars Episode Nine?
3: It's also kind of playing with fire too, because you look at how divisive the last film was, and I didn't absolutely hate it, but I did you know, along with you, express a disinterest in it. So my concern, not concern, but like Disney with with this, like that last movie was so divisive and look what it did to the fan base. I mean, the fan base for Star Wars has always been kind of toxic, but this is the first time that it's truly, I feel like it's spiraled out of control. And Disney really has one shot at this. So if any of this, you know, the idea of bringing back Billy D or having Carrie Fisher in there, if they if any of this goes, not according to plan or it feels distasteful at all it's going to they're going to feel the repercussions of it for sure as far as i think box office numbers go because if ours a solo story has proven anything it's that fans are okay with skipping out on star wars movies in the theaters
0: i agree with you and there's a lot of to take in on that as far as what you were saying Because this is a key time and a key thing for the Star Wars universe as far as episode nine is concerned, because not only does it close out the entire Skywalker saga, but it also is supposed to be good enough so that people will return to the Star Wars franchise in whichever direction or directions they want to take it into. And after what we've seen with The Last Jedi and how polarizing it was and for the most part, The Force Awakens was thought as a acceptable film, but by many standards, people thought it was too closely directed to what happened with the original Star Wars Episode Four, and thought it was too similar to that in its structure. So it'll be interesting to see where Episode Nine takes us. The characters that were announced that are new to the Star Wars franchise, as far as the actors themselves, one of them we are very familiar with if you're a fan of the Americans on FX, which is one of the best shows that has been on television the past several years. And in fact, this was the last season for it, but it has garnered much acclaim. Carrie Russell will be playing a role as not yet announced yet, but she will, she was most likely been confirmed for, for being a part of star Wars episode nine plus Naomi Aki and Richard E. Grant and how they will fit into all this mix is obviously very interesting because those are the only three names so far that have been talked about that have been added into this mix in regards to a cast so i ask you with only three names being announced as extra individuals in this cast what does that tell you as far as the story as a whole and do you think it's just going to focus primarily on the kylo ren ray factor and and a final battle to the end on that
3: i don't know man like i hope Like, like I said, I'm very disinterested in Star Wars right now, especially. And it's not just because I didn't like the last movie that much. It's just because the story feels like it's not going anywhere. It feels like it like the First Order and the Rebel Alliance, like they feel very small at this point, small and disjointed. And it seems like they're they're just two like neighboring warring neighborhoods, kind of like Romeo and Juliet, like the Capulets versus the, uh, you know, whatever the other people's names are. But it's I that's the thing. Like it doesn't have the epic feel that it did once. And like they, they put so many jokes in the last one. It it doesn't like Kylo Ren to me, he doesn't feel menacing anymore. And as far as like adding new characters goes, like that's where's the story going to go? That's what I want to know. Is like, are they gonna close the story out? Or are they gonna do something with like indoor and uh you know like they did with Return of the Jedi? How is this going to play out? Because it seems like they kind of winded the story down already in the last Star Wars movie. So what what's left to do? You know, there's not there's not like a Death Star. There's not really a uh, a giant star destroyer that already got blown up. So what what's next? Where's this going? What's happening? Because it already seems like they've smoldered all the uh, you know the unclosed storylines that they could be taking with this.
0: At this point in time I agree with you on Kylo Ren that he now comes off as a pouty whiny kid more than a super villain and that's something that they're going to have to reestablish in episode 9 and make that a priority and obviously that it will probably lead to some sort of climactic battle most likely between Rey and Kylo Ren so so we'll wait and see on that but you're right I know a lot of other people are like yourself that have lost interest in the Star Wars franchise it's easy to see why after episodes seven and eight have not lived up 100% to what we're expecting as Star Wars fans. Here's hoping that with the new cast that's announced for Star Wars episode nine, that episode nine will fulfill a lot of the unfulfilled promises that have been made so far in the Star Wars universe. What are your thoughts out there on the cast and crew that was announced for Star Wars episode nine? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, when we return, we've got more great pop culture stuff for you on our 100th episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos show. We'll be right back.
4: Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. This year we're set to release Power of Greyskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Greyskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films.
0: And we're back with another episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. This is Gerald coming right back at you here. But it wouldn't be a Cosmic Crossfire without my good friend. He is the man among men when it comes to Rob McCallum Films. You got to check out everything that's going on today at robmccallumfilms.com. Also as well, Rob McCallum Films on Facebook, Rob McCallum Films on YouTube, and also as well, Rob McSob on Twitter. It's my good friend he's a jolly fellow today it is rob mccallum what's up man you say jolly
4: like um kin to santa claus or something
0: oh no and it, just because you are in the great white north does not have anything to do with it man it's it's because it's nice i've had coffee right there you go because yeah. you had coffee you feel like a little uh, keyed down today. It seems
4: like you're trying to be quiet or uh, you got some kiddos asleep around you. It seems like you're trying to really watch the volume there. Project, yeah. brother.
0: Project, project. But yes, I am trying to watch out for the little ones. They are dreaming away. They're in the dreaming place. Okay, I
4: get it. Well, I'll do all the, the loud bellowing as much as I can and try are not to get you bell? keyed up.
0: Oh my goodness, yes, I never knew. I never knew.
4: But, but by the way, I love that last show where uh, Douglas Hoyabu uh, chimed in on some certain thoughts about Fortnite and, and PlayStation yeah. Crossplay. I know. Uh,
1: uh-huh. uh,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, not another defeat. It's all but, good. But Rob, we're here to talk about pop culture and you're the man to talk about it. So pray tell Rob, what's in your mind when it comes to pop culture?
4: Well, today's episode is going to be a little bit like the lightning round, but I did want to start things off by kind of offering an open invitation for any people that are interested in research, any filmmakers out there, any investigative journalists that have a topic in mind that they're just dying to kind of see get made into a documentary maybe a 20 minute short, a half hour short. I want to talk to people that have a burning desire to tell a story from a certain point of view that, if possible, ties to the world of pop culture or, or could be universally driven. If you've got an idea, me and my team, Rob McCallum Films, Pyre Productions, Creative Dynamic, we wanna to talk to you guys and basically help be a part of that process. We've got a lot of films and series out there. We've got a lot of the the award hardware on on ourselves and we kind of want to do more and be involved in more. And we've started to shepherd a lot of other filmmakers and consult and, and work with them on their projects to get them to the next level, to make things happen a little bit faster for them and for us. So if you've got a great idea, reach out to us through social media, through Pop Culture Cosmos, Listen at the end of the show, you'll get all the hits and where you can send all your inquiries to and we can just start talking back and forth and maybe you've got a great idea and you've got a, a bit of skill and talent and we can, we can come in with a little bit of finances, we can come in with a lot of help and a ton of experience to make your idea uh, the next great reality. So hopefully we can talk about that as it evolves over the next few weeks and, and shows, but this is the kind of platform that we're, we're going to start to introduce and work with and we've already got one filmmaker that we're working with who's got a really exciting idea and he checks all the boxes and for fans of people that like nintendo quest this will be something a little bit in your wheelhouse same with box art so it is somewhat in the video game sphere well it is in the video game sphere if we can make everything work so right now we're excited by that one
0: that's funny because you're like well if it's kind of well you know if it's nintendo quest and box art there's really not much stuff as far as that's concerned
4: yes gerald yes. yes yes
0: coffee coffee
4: coffee get it in me. Well, let's talk about Mission Impossible. We're on the precipice of another big Mission Impossible movie come out and once again headlines are talking about the <laughs> massive <laughs> stunt that's going on in this film. And this is a I think 25,000 foot halo jump that Tom Cruise does in this film. Now, this is on the on the heels of massive stunts that he's done before where I think in MI2 he did that freeform rock climbing the John Woo film. I think it was ghost protocol that he was outside of a building climbing up and down it you know bond has had its fair share of stunts too i think the the one that springs to my mind is the opening of GoldenEye, the bungee jump off that one dam which seemed crazy are these stunts staples of these big action films or the icing on the cake
0: they are part of it in fact what are they
4: staples do they drive it because i mean they're always headline worthy but is it necessary
0: Look at the poster for the previous iteration in the Mission Impossible series. What is Tom Cruise doing? He's hanging outside of the plane. I mean, it's come to that point where the big stunts are part of the series. And I'll tell you what, I've just in efforts to catch myself up again with everything that's going on in the Mission Impossible universe. In fact, I'd like to, you know, at some point in time, run down first to worst exactly what's going on as soon as I finish watching mission impossible fallout i'm just excited for it, my friend it looks like a great trailer the actions there the you know there's obviously a lot of storylines that you know, may hit or not hit depending on on what's going on because that's been a problem with the movies in the past is that not all the storylines have clicked or we're used to seeing this person turn this person good this person turned bad this you know nothing is as as they seem so the thing that we can count upon is fast well, you know action. What? i, 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 mean, I well, got right to stop
4: you right there because you're picking on story. And I think out of, out of many action franchises, Mission Impossible is far above the lines. I think maybe the second one is, is the weakest in the entry. And I'd love to go back and forth with you because Apple just had all five films that are already out in 4K for 30 bucks. I picked it up. I'm going to go through them. I won't be able to watch Fallout until it hits digital in about three months. But that would be fun to kind of maybe go back and forth on on this stuff.
0: I would, I would, because I have a list, uh, you know, that that I'm formulating here. But it is part of the stable where the big stunts, Tom Cruise running, and... uh, Tom
4: Cruise running! Next, you're going to say Tom Cruise running, Tom Cruise shirtless, and the big stunts.
0: No, well, I don't know about Shirtless, but I know he runs a lot in these Mission Impossible films. You got to admit that, my friend.
4: (laughs) He runs a lot. I love that that's a staple for you.
0: You know, the one
4: film that doesn't have big stunts in it, and I mean, I guess you could say the first one has a little bit of stunt work with all the wire hanging and stuff, but MI3, the Abrams-directed one, the one that really rebooted the franchise after I think there was a six or seven-year gap between number two and number three, that is by far my favorite, and it is the most self-contained smaller film because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a, of a mystery and intrigue to it, but there are no sons. And I think it, it beats anything else we've seen so far.
0: You're not going to like me then. And wow. this, and then also you got to remember, that's the one that's done the least worldwide. Mission impossible two is actually one of the most successful. So well, because I, it I, was I, the
4: uh, second one after the massive hit when it first came out. So mission impossible two is going to do huge. It brought John Woo into the, into the foreground, but mission impossible three put the franchise ahead of the directors from that point on, it wasn't about the directors who were making the films. It was about the franchise.
0: Well, I didn't, you know say what mean? it, it was wasn't impossible an
4: auteurs two. showcase anymore with the Palma doing the first one, John Woo doing the second one. When Abrams took over, it became much more of a television machine to kind of showcase story and character first instead of directors, even though Brad Bird had one in there. Like he's a great director, but he's not known for live action by any means. So it wasn't about that was him. That, first
0: uh, that was yeah. his first
4: outing. And how did Tomorrowland do his second one? Not yeah. so well.
0: Not so yeah. well, not so well. But
4: it doesn't matter because it's a Mission Impossible film. It's not a Brad Bird film. You know, this... Chris McQuarrie, you know, again, a great writer, competent director, but I don't see him taking on anything that isn't Tom Cruise related or anything completely original either. He's a good series serviceman
0: but with mission impossible 2, it's just ridiculous fun, man. It's just over the top fun. No,
4: that's what kills me about it. That's it's not fun. It's so cheesy. Well, it's like, it's the Roger Moore entry of the mission impossibles.
0: But I think there's a lot of issues with it. I agree with you, but I I won't want to go ahead on it now until you've actually seen your list and you're able to formulate it. And then we'll go from there. You can pick on me from there. So, okay. as you, only you
4: admittedly I've only seen Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation once each but I didn't feel the need to go back and see them. Mission Impossible 3 I've seen probably a dozen times and Mission Impossible 1 easily in the 20s and what makes those two films really stand out in my opinion is the cast that they've assembled Mission Impossible 3, Philip Seymour Hoffman is, is the antagonist in the foil he is so good in that film it's, it's not even fair to watch it again and, and remember that we have, no longer have him as an acting talent
0: uh, that I agree with you on. That I agree with you on.
4: Well, thank you. For once. But You agree every now and then, whether it's reluctant or not.
0: It's usually reluctant, but go ahead anyways.
4: And that'll do it for another episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. And I hear that we're... Uh, Also in the Century Club for the PCC, which is really nice.
0: And that's what I wanted to say at the end. just been a great run, my friend. And I cannot thank you enough and Rob McCallum Films enough for everything that you've done for the Pop Culture Cosmos. Pop Culture Cosmos, 100 episodes. Seems like a a lifetime away since you and I sat in that coffee shop. I was going to say,
4: who would have thought that that one meeting, the only meeting we ever had about it at that Starbucks in in Vegas in Summerlin led to 100 episodes of, of content plus... I don't know, 30 some odd episodes of the Cosmic Crossfire.
0: Exactly. Although it wasn't a Starbucks. i are going to have to disagree with you. It's a Starbucks-like place.
4: Oh, was it Coffee Bean?
0: No, it was like a... I think it was Coffee Bean. It was Coffee Bean? Okay. I'm pretty
4: sure it's Coffee Bean.
0: But either a, way. But either it's way. It's one of but... those
4: upper-class, bougie-bougie coffee places where there's too much froth and foam and whatever. Right. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, John Schnepp and his family. John Schnepp recently passed away From complications due to a stroke, he was the director of a documentary called The Death of Superman Lives. What Happened is a pop culture documentary that looked at the Nicolas Cage Superman that was supposed to come out with Tim Burton directing and Kevin Smith writing. I interviewed John when he was making the promotional rounds for his doc on the trenches. He didn't know me from anybody. I reached out to him. We got to talking and it was one of the better episodes. I thought I was actually pretty excited to talk to him and it was really unfortunate to hear of his passing. Recently, so best to his family and check out the episode of me
0: interviewing John Schnep on the Trenches when you can. And you know what? We'll go ahead and pop it on the rotation as far as the PCC is concerned, and play it on that channel as well. So, so maybe people can get a little bit better insight into his his mind as he saw things, and and hopefully get a chance to l- l- check out all of his great stuff that he's actually thrown out there as well
4: cool well we'll talk to you soon and hope everybody's enjoyed the 100 episodes of bcc and all the episodes of cosmic crossfire
0: that's right but you can always get a hold of us at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well rob mccallum films on facebook rob mczob on twitter and also Pop Culture Cosmos on twitter as well rob it's it's getting all choked up man or either that or still the morning but choked up man because 100 episodes just truly cannot thank you enough for everything that you've done for pop culture cosmos so much and as always rob it's just great to have you a part of the show part of the program part of the cosmic crossfire and of course right here a part of the pop culture cosmos What's up, what's up and also as well josh peterson so uh, i think we're going to close everything out right here on our 100th episode it's been great having you aboard uh, with us for all of our great shows i want to take a second before we head off the air and thank not only josh obviously you my friend uh, my fellow national university compatriot but also as well big dog thank you for being on today's show I want to also thank obviously Rob McCallum from Rob McCallum Films, Christopher Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, who's sat in for you guys on occasion. So I cannot thank him enough for everything he's done. Also, as well, I want to thank everybody from who, who's not only been a part of the show as far as helping us out, promoting it who's actually uh, been a guest on the show, and the numerous guests from Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, Christian Daniel Zamudio, Billy Donnelly, just the list goes on and on, Douglas Hoyabu from Retro City Games, Nicole Galgazian from Retro City Games, Salvador Villa, Pop from Mario Party Wars, the ladies from Wine, Women, and Words, cannot thank them enough for, for being on our shows as well, but to all the great guests that we've had on the air, to all the great people that have been a part of this, and to mostly you out there that have listened to our great shows, Ben Arno from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. We cannot thank him enough for all the stuff he's done for us as well. Thank you so much for listening to our show and to the great stations and great people behind those stations from John Sweeney Jr. who gave us our first start with the podcast radio network, buddy at Croc radio also as well, Ron and everybody else at great cloud radio, Croc radio, like I said, Western reserve digital broadcasting Bog 97.9 FM, our first over-the-air FM station. Cannot thank, cannot thank you enough for, for everything that you've done for us and allowing us on your station. WZQR, our second over-the-air FM station, thank you so much for allowing us to be on the air as well. MileHighRadio.com out of Colorado, cannot thank you enough for being on your station as well during the peak afternoons. IPMNation.com, it's been a pleasure working with you as well, and thank you enough for allowing us on your Channel 1 Great Cloud Radio, Croc Radio, Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting. For overseas, and I, I'll tell you what, including outside the U.S. when it comes to Croc Radio in Canada, thank you so much. But if you're in the U.K. and you've listened to us on the awesome Matthew Richards Radio, Matthew, just thank you so much for allowing us on your station. Thank you so much. And everybody check out his great station, Sword Radio U.K. You guys have been tremendous over there, and I cannot thank you enough as well. In Australia, I wanna thank the, the kids at Youth Jam Radio in Perth. I wish you all this much success for everything you're doing, and, and I hope you continue with that. And thank you so much for playing our show. In fact, we love the fact that you actually take our show and put it into a two-hour format and you know mix pop music with it. We thought that was a real cool and novel idea and makes us even more what we were looking for when we were creating the show, and that was a radio type format. Variety FM, IP switch, if you want to check out a great station as well in Australia, check them out because they've been so tremendous with us. And they love the fact that when we sent over our promos, promoting the show as well, cannot thank you enough for allowing us on the air. And to all the different stations on podcast networks from the ESO network, Mike and Mike that's out there, thank you so much for being a part of the pop culture cosmos scene. allowing us on your network. Also as well, We Be Geeks. Mark from Tangent Bound. You've been tremendous in supporting our podcast the whole entire time to everyone out there from Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and to the over what, I guess what now, probably 30 to 50 different podcast networks that you can find our show on. Just cannot say thank you enough to everyone who has ever listened to our show and everyone who continues to listen to our show. Just cannot thank you enough for, for making this happen a hundred podcasts in and many, many, many more hopefully to come, man. Any yeah, last yeah, thoughts? Yeah.
3: No, I agree guys. Thanks for tuning in and making us, getting us to the 100th episode. Most podcasts don't even get past episode 50. So I think we're looking pretty good right now. You know, the future looks bright. We're hoping, uh, we're going to, I've got some ideas I'm going to discuss with Gerald on incorporating some new elements into the show. And hopefully that'll bring a new bite to the podcast.
0: I hope so as well, but still it's been a great time. Uh, obviously being the number one show on the Podcast Radio Network for over a year now has been a tremendous honor and we continue to appreciate everyone that listens to us. And thank you again, Justin, for being on the show as well. Cannot thank you enough for allowing me, you guys, to come in here, drive over 300 miles to just be here just to talk some good pop culture with you.
1: No problem. I enjoyed it.
3: Thanks for having me on the uh, Historic 100 episode.
0: There you go. There you go. Any last thoughts, man?
3: No, I mean, this is, uh, it's it's been fun.
0: Memories like... of the way It's been a good one indeed So for Justin, a.k.a. Big Dog
1: What's up, what's up
0: Josh Peterson This is Gerald Glassford It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos We thank you for listening And here's hoping you have yourself A great day